Welcome tonight to Enlightenment Radio. Wouldn't you like to go out there and find the ultimate knowledge, fly through space, other civilizations, mingle with the aliens? (laughs) Well, that's our topic tonight. I don't know how it is in Bollywood, but I know over here in America and several other areas that this is a major, major, how shall I say, deception. So, you're in tune to Enlightenment Radio tonight. We're talking about the paranormal. And I know that there's a lot of paranormal to talk about besides UFOs, flying saucers, and aliens. However, that's our focus for tonight. Yeah, he's still talking. I thought that was an interesting introduction. I'm on another device that doesn't have my normal opening. It does, but I couldn't find it. This is a good one. Ultimate knowledge, ultimate knowledge. So I shall turn it down so you can hear me more clearly. God bless you all. Enlightenment Radio can be found on Apple and Android. Also our Spotify recordings of our tea parties and our Ukraine broadcasts can be found also. So... Tonight's topic is pertinent. Would you believe it is pertinent to the scriptures? Why? Why is it pertinent to the scriptures? Well, let me give you a little history of UFO, or today they call it ufology. I don't want to bore some people. I know that there will be some who will kind of fog over, maybe not pay attention to the significance, but it's been part of my background in what the devil is up to. For instance, the categories of paranormal. We could also talk about ghosts. We could talk about crop circles. We could talk about abductions. We could talk about Bigfoot. You heard of Bigfoot? Big big legend over here. And sightings of Bigfoot are fill the airwaves at night. At night over here in uh, America is filled with paranormal radio stations. Believe it or not, 
They tune in to hear more about the sightings of Bigfoot or up in the snow country, what's he called? Sasquatch? The abominable snowman? Well, actually, in all of us history, we have never captured a Bigfoot, not a snowman. And this is the point. Everybody walks around now with a camera. So, if you see Bigfoot, you got a picture, send it to me. <laughs> I'll post it on our website. You know, teach him the word, teach him to read, open the Bible. Maybe he can spread to other disciple Bigfoots. Okay. It started, let me give you a little history of how we got to where we are, and then I'm going to tell you how it connects with the scriptures. In 1947, well, let's go back farther than that. Farther than that. In 1939, I wished I had a recording of it. I'm sure it's on uh, YouTube, but I tried YouTube on this computer, and it didn't go live. So I won't bother with it, but a man named Orson Welles, he was a actor, director. He had a radio show. And on Halloween night, one night, he scared the living daylights out of an entire country. Before he went on even, or right before he started talking about simulating. Simulating means he was practicing or just making make-believe that there was an alien invasion. And when he made believe that there was an alien invasion, people still believed it after he told them it was make-believe. They started going out into the streets, looking up in the skies. They started getting in their cars, packing their bags, and leaving town. They even went as far as some committed suicide. So that was an interesting night. It was a Halloween night on the radio, 1939. After World War II, 1947, a famous crash landing in Roswell, New Mexico. Supposedly, an alien aircraft had crashed, split up, and was lying there in the desert. They searched for it. They did not find any living life. They did not find any parts that were foreign to Our parts, so they say, it's controversial. It's nothing been proven. The government, of course, everywhere you find stories of unidentified flying objects, and that's all UFO stands for, unidentified flying object. Doesn't mean it's alien, doesn't mean it's from Mars. It's just been unidentified. So the secret kept, the more the government keeps something a secret, the more the people start conspiracies, the more they start telling legends and stories and making up stuff until the government comes out and says, well, no, there's nothing to see here. Well, they do that. They say there's nothing to see here. I, I suspect the government of keeping a lot of things hid from us. Maybe they are keeping alien signals, existence, 
hid from us. But as far as my belief in the scriptures and in, in the word hasn't been affected one bit, except in this one category I'll get to. So in 1947, this crashed flying saucer is what it became because the government wouldn't say. They just said it was a law. Years later, years later, they said, oh, we found out it was a weather balloon. Now, are we that stupid? <laughs> the government treats us always like we're so stupid. That's probably why they think they can get away with much that they do, and it's maybe true in some areas. However, the Roswell story has grown and grown, and it has a large following. And today, it's called ufology. And under the umbrella of UFOlogy are the following. You get sightings of UFOs. You get photos of what look like some flying, unidentified flying object. You get abductions. These are people who are actually experienced in their minds, so to speak, that they were taken aboard, examined by these creatures, and some of this physical exam was quite embarrassing. It traumatized them. Traumatized them for life, a lot of them. They can't get over it. And then they write their books and tell their stories, and then other people come forward who have been abducted. The famous book called by Whitney Strieber, the name of the book escapes me right now. It's one title, one word. Whitley Strieber was, became one of the most popular abductees. He came on a late-night talk show called The Art Bell Show. The Art Bell Show was dedicated after so many years of talking politics. He got bored. He went to the paranormal, and his show skyrocketed to millions of believers and listeners every night. Wish I had his following. So... Let me tell you about Art Bell. He was a man, he was a master of the theater of the mind. He could create and bring on a, a person who had an experience or who had told the future or could tell all kinds of unusual Stories that were supposedly secret. Kim Trails was a big one. Kim Trails turned out to be a true fact. Most of these events, these things that are going on behind our back, all involve the government. I've examined these people, their stories, about abductions. And I would say 90% of them have a connection to the government. They're in the government, they're a family member, they live near a government station, a fort, they've been in the government, they were in government experiments. I guarantee you there's always some sort of strange government relationship to these people. You know, the government used to take our soldiers, put them on LSD, and experiment with them. They did the same with black soldiers back in the Muskegee, it's called the Muskegee Air Field. Air, they uh, took them and 
try to indoctrinate and brainwash them. The government does this all the time. So I studied CIA, FBI, they're all government, doesn't give them an approval to take our lives and do what they want with them. So the CIA found, and I read this book in college. It was my college dissertation. I found a book written by a Russian scientist story where they were planting chips in monkeys' brains. And these monkeys would obey whatever the signal they were, they were experimenting what parts of the brain uh, the signal would be the most effective. And after the signal, the monkey did what he was told, and he got rewarded for it. Well, that was monkeys several years ago. Now they're doing it to people. Some of these abductees, they've actually found surgical implanted chips in their head. Well, so much. That's all under the umbrella of paranormal. Tonight we're going to focus on what actually is the UFO phenomena. Now I want to I started to give you a history of how it grew. So out of the 50s and 60s, they had Saturday matinees with a lot of UFO movies for kids, scared them. You know, they, people like to go to the movies and get scared. I was one. I saw an alien movie, scared me. I don't think I ever went back again. They were crawling out of the cave. It's called the... Uh, the day the earth stood still. And you've seen movies, Independence Day, for, uh, all kinds of uh, movies that were made from books. What was that one by H.G. Wells? The World's the end of the world, something. All of these fictitious events became reality to some people. So I want to go leapfrog to 1978 or so. A famous director came out with a movie called Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Steven Spielberg. Of course, he made E.T. also, but that was a cute kid's film. During this phenomena event in Close Encounters of the Third Kind, which means you've made an encounter with an alien firsthand. That's what that code means. All of these people started having similar behaviors. One guy kept building a clay fortress. It was a clay rock squared off into a plateau. It rose up high, and there was a plateau. It began to resemble this rock in Australia. Other people were being drawn toward this rock in Australia. So when we get, finally get there in the movie... It's surrounded with lights, reporters, military, all kinds of publicity, journalists. And what you find, they finally lower, there's a spaceship, alien spaceship on top of this plateau. And they open the doors, and guess what? Aliens start walking down the runway to the ship's door coming out. 
Well, this is what the world had been waiting for. The aliens making close encounters of the third kind. The people were in awe. They were in shock. But something else started happening. People who had been missing for years started walking out with them. Well, what does this say? They were abducted. Certain aircraft started rolling out of this flying saucer. There's a place over uh, off America, the Bermuda Triangle, they call it. This is where strange events happen. Aircraft just disappear out of nowhere and are never found again. A whole flight, a whole squadron turned up missing. They've never found it to this day. So here comes this squadron out of that UFO, indicating that they were the cause of these strange disappearances. Now, you've got Roswell. You've got Orson Welles, 1939. You've got uh, Steven Spielberg's famous movie, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. That movie really changed a lot of people's point of view. It really did. Movies affect people. So this brings us to the point of why who, where, what is going on. You can't explain it. People think they can, but they can't. My two points are, when the rapture happens, it's in the Bible. It's not called the rapture. It's called the gathering together. When we as Children of light, the sons of God, the daughters of God, when we're all taken up to meet the Lord in the air, which will happen, I guarantee you, because so many evidences, positive proof experiences have been foretold. Everything that was foretold in Scripture has come to pass. Everything that's foretold on paranormal radio I, I'd say 90% has not come to pass. It's just a way of gathering audiences, make-believe, and they get on there. They would have psychics get on there, predict this and predict that. None of it came to pass, and yet they'd sell millions of books. I kept record and tracks of these guys. You can still hear it's a hoot listening late at night to Art Bell's show and listening to all the things they thought were going to come to pass. Like Y2K. Remember that one? Y2K was when we turned the new millennium over to 2000. So, a personal experience of mine. They said the banks could shut down because the computers weren't set for a change in the year 2000, airplanes might crash, all kinds of catastrophes, all kinds of events would take place. Well, they didn't, they were just guessing, had no evidence. So Barbara and I, my wife, would Get on the plane. We just said it was New Year's Eve. Let's see what happens because we weren't buying any of this baloney. <laughs> Y2K. So we jump on a JetBlue, very cheap because nobody was on it. Went up to San Francisco, had dinner, watched New Year's Eve events in New York at the restaurant TV. Then we proceeded to go up to Coit Tower, which is a high 
uh, high, probably the highest vi visitor point, and you could see 360 degrees around the bay. The city—it's a beautiful view. It's a beautiful city. So they started shooting off fireworks, and they went off for three hours. Three hours. And I've got it on video. It's a beautiful sight. It was a memorable night. Next day, nothing happened. <laughs> it was all for naught. We went down to Fisherman's Wharf, got our portrait drawn, went and bought a Margaret Keene painting. Then when I got back to Los Angeles, I brought, I bought a brand new iMac 2000. Quite frankly, it's just as good as the one I have now. 23 years later, might even been better. I have issues with Apple. Anyway, so we defied, we defied the myth. These are all M-Y-T-H-S myths. Now, who is going to take advantage of when we're raptured, when we're taken out of this world? There's going to be millions of people gone. And how is the devil going to explain this? How's he going to explain millions of people missing? This is one way. The aliens came and took them away. This is called, in the Bible, great delusion. I think that might be what he's referring to. I don't know. So he's got to explain it. Or he's going to pull off a counterfeit gathering. Do you see what I'm saying? See where I'm getting here? He could gather to enough people to make them missing as to counterfeit the rapture. And when he counterfeits the rapture, he's going to say, or people are going to say, see? But some of them may not be churchgoers. Some of them may not even be Bible believers. Those are the two areas of concern that relate to the Scriptures. And we have, as far as I'm concerned, good reason to believe I believe he's going to use the latter. He's going to have an explanation for why everything is, or everyone is gone. What's else he going to do? So that's where I'm going with the paranormal tonight. I'm going to read a little bit from a book. And what happens is, I get a little nervous, you see, when they start talking about, it's called the Disclosure Movement today, the Disclosure Movement. These people are waiting to be rescued, to be taken out of here by a higher intelligence. That's their premise. The Disclosure Movement is a higher intelligence we're waiting to be rescued from all of this religion even. <laughs> so Art Bell lived his life waiting for that intelligent rescue and he died never knowing, never coming to pass, never meeting an alien. Why would someone waste their life on something so shallow. It's sad. There are followers of Art Bell who continue his lie, 
is hoax. So this disclosure movement bothers me for one reason. If it so happens that the government is involved with the devil, which they are, <laughs> they could pull off and say, we have been occupied by aliens on earth for several years. We are now going to reveal this, reveal that, how they gave us engineering and, and high-powered vehicles we've been working with. How would the world wake up the next day after all of that information? We breaking news, we have this coming from the White House, this coming from Paris, this coming from Timbuktu, London, Germany, South America. We're all been involved with alien influence. Well, me as a up-and-coming and wannabe filmmaker and kind of put everything to a halt for me, <laughs> life would be different as we know it. What would people think of their Bibles? What would people think of what they've been told or taught? Me, myself, I would just go, yeah, it fits right in with everything I've been teaching that only the truth is found in the scriptures. Enlightenment Radio is where you're going to get the truth. If they ever come out with such a story, we'll be on top of it. And we'll give you the, the truth of God's word that, hey, we're still here, then there's been no rapture. Okay? So stop this malarkey that the aliens are here and they are with us and they are clowning around and doing work with our government absolutely I'm not fearful of it I'm just really discouraged that something like this could really take place. I'll be right back after this little song, James Bond, and then I'm going to read from how it has been really impossible to come from such a faraway galaxy and reach us. I'll be back in a moment. This is your host, Mystic Guide, Enlightenment Radio. Don't go away. This is gonna get more interesting. Was it obvious to everybody else? 
Well, while we were listening to that song, I got to meet a few of you in the chat room, join in. What is your opinion? I have no idea the significance of this topic in India. I have no idea. Um, Whitley Strieber. Come on, show what his book is called. You know, he's written several books since. He even started a school <laughs> training how to remote view. What was his first book? I'm going to find out. It's one word. I don't want to take up dead air with looking for Whitley Street. I should have known this. The weird event, let me tell you, this is the book that started those pictures with those, they call them grays. Yes, now each alien has a significant race. <laughs> the lizards, people. Well, he started the picture of his book had an alien with those big black teardrop-shaped eyes that are very eerie. Well, that's where it started. My daughter and her friend had the dream the same night of those eyes. So people started all over having dreams with those eyes. I actually, uh, back in the 80s, went out with a girl who said she had an alien at the foot of her bed. Spooked her, scared her. I prayed for her over her and rebuked that spirit. And it went away. She never saw it and was never bothered by it again. Thank God. That's all they are. If you happen to see something that looks like one, it's the devil spirit. Communion, that's the name of the book. It came to my mind. It's called Communion. Very famous book. Well, here's a book, Alien Intrusion, UFOs, and the Evolution. Is there life on other planets? In 1950, Nobel Prize winner and pioneer of atomic energy, Enrico Fermi, while working at Los Alamos, Nuclear facility in New Mexico. Now, there is a secret spot if there ever was one. Did you know that some of the highest earnings, people's earnings, highest ever in the United States live in that area? Interesting. He said, are we the only technology advanced civilization in the universe? And if we're not, then where are they? Why haven't they seen any traces of extraterrestrial life, such as probes or transmissions? Modern space agencies admit that they have failed so far to find even the slightest signs of intelligence, extraterrestrial life. National Geographic magazine and an interview with SETI's senior astronomer, Seth now, SETI, acronym S-C-T-I, don't know what it stands for, but it's basically a huge project, mostly huge satellites, waiting for any signal, any sign coming from way deep in the outer galaxies. He and his colleagues have never found proof that anyone or anything up there is trying to make contact. They made another movie about it called Contact. Some people love that boring movie. It was boring. This failure presents a real challenge for SETI scientists. If the universe is billions of years older than the Earth, and I believe it is, then intelligent life would have had plenty of time to evolve elsewhere. 
So why aren't their airways filled with their communications? This guy makes sense. Shostak suggested an answer. The unusual assumption is there's some sort of soft, squishy aliens like you see. Whoa, my pages are flipping around. Oh, God. So he's basically saying, because there's been no proof, the unusual assumption there's some sort of soft, squishy aliens like you see in the movies, just a little more advanced than we, so we can find them. But the galaxy, our Milky Way, is two or three times that age of the Earth. So there are going to be some societies out there that are millions of years, maybe more, beyond ours. You know, when I was in school, there was only two galaxies. <laughs> Andromeda, Milky Way. Look how far we've come. Well, if we've evolved and grown in this knowledge, why haven't foreign aliens who've been around billions of years longer. That's his point. In other words, he believes that we may be a primitive culture trying to communicate with older, more advanced civilizations, similar to a jungle tribe that bangs on drums and is listening for the return messages from yuppies who communicate with mobile phones. If this is the case, then Shostak believes it should be enough even to merest a speck of life, past or present, on other planets. He explains, if another world, such as Mars, the next world out from the sun, is proved to be have supported life, that would imply the cosmos is drenched with living things. We could conclude that the planet's with life are as common as phone poles, the emphasis added. But the suggestion does not satisfy Fermi's original question. Surely intelligent aliens would be curious explorers like us. In 15 billion year old universe, there would have been plenty of time for at least the very first advanced race to send starships to colonize planets. Now listen to his logic here. Let's start here. After 10 million years, there would be 1,024 alien colonies. After 20 million years, there would be 1 million alien colonies. At that rate, in 40 million years, there would be 1 trillion civilizations. After 15 billion years, the number of alien civilizations in the universe would be tripping over each other, and this overpopulation assumes only one race of intelligent aliens. The problem would be compounded further if two separate races had evolved. This lack of ETs, extraterrestrials, Idea has become known as the Fermi Paradox. In short, where is everybody? <laughs> Even SETI enthusiasts admit that the paradox is a difficult one to ignore because any advanced alien race would surely have developed technology in the electromagnetic spectrum to be also communicate as effectively as humans have done, and thus we would be picking up their communications. Nonetheless, it is argued that we are dealing with known and therefore unknown set of parameters. The universe is a big place, so cannot say for sure. Excuse me for a moment. There we go. Okay. So... Real science we can understand. Despite the space agency's lack of success in intercepting alien communication or discovering signs of alien life, scientists and UFOlogists alike are keen to keep up with the search. What evidence are they looking for and how can we know when they found it? In the following chapters, we shall carefully evaluate the evidence of UFOlogists have already put forward to support 
extraterrestrial hypothesis. That is, belief that extraterrestrials have been regularly visiting Earth. To look at the evidence fairly and objectively, it is essential first to understand difference between claims which are scientifically testable and those, whether true or otherwise, are not, and thus fall into the realm of beliefs held by faith. We have earlier mentioned that pre-existing beliefs are always involved when people consider evidence. That is, facts are always interpreted within the existing worldview of framework of the belief. Right at the very core of someone's belief about extraterrestrials is the controversial issue of origins. A person will frequently base his ideas about the origin of alien life on his beliefs about how life arose on Earth. For instance, science fiction writers mention known and therefore an unknown set of parameters. Wait a minute. We've earlier mentioned previous... Pre okay, so let's go. I skipped. In the last chapter, some of whom are atheists all base their writings on their beliefs about origins. So if their belief before they studied, they had a belief system that we were planted and started by aliens, well, what's their conclusion going to be? People just go out to prove what they already believe. That's so, such the case in everything. Science, history, religion, they all go out to prove that their belief is right. Millions of people claim to have seen UFOs have been contacted by aliens, even to the extent of being transported in spaceships with detailed descriptions of machinery. Yet we have never recovered an alien spacecraft or even found undisputed fragments of one. Nor have we captured any alien in the act of abduction. In fact, to date, and to the author's best knowledge, there has not been one single documented encounter of a human with an alien that can be appropriately verified. Whitley Strieber's communion, did he have any pictures? Does he have any proof? I don't know exactly what he, why the book was so popular but it jumped off to number one very fast. I suspect, I really do, government involvement in getting a book to the top so people will start visualizing what these aliens look like, how they act, what they're after. So, Moving on, millions of people claim to have seen, okay, in an effort to explain this widespread phenomenon, John Mack, who was a world-famous alien abduction researcher and former professor of psychiatry at Harvard, said that these claims are stretching our understanding of reality. Other cultures have always known that there were other realities, other beings, other dimensions. There's a world of other dimensions of other realities that can cross over into our world. Have you heard these people? They come on these late-night shows and say we're in a parallel universe. In other words, Mystic Guide is out in a parallel universe somewhere doing something else. Or maybe the same thing, only a few minutes behind or ahead. These people believe this crap. For example, science shows that the ability to travel at faster than light speeds within our universe is a physical impossibility. So extraterrestrial visitors must be inhabitants of our solar system or planets of nearby star systems that would not require several lifetimes of travel time to reach the Earth. By this process, we can eliminate all that is impossible. 
leaving us with a list of what is possible, however, what if we cannot find any suitable hard evidence to verify that the possible is probable or perhaps real? Then the best we can do as a least resort is to consider which belief system best fits circumstantial evidence. Well, before we proceed with our investigation of UFOs, let me just do a few highlights here, and then we're going to close out with a couple of announcements. Stay, don't leave. We have some good announcements. As we have previously mentioned, this problem is at the very core of the whole hypothesis of extraterrestrial life, which assumes that life emerged spontaneously on Earth. People, why is it so hard to believe the scriptures? Why is it so hard to believe God? God backs up his word with prophetic scriptures that come to pass. Who else does this? Nostradamus? Full of lies, full of false prophets. Hal Lindsey, the late great planet Earth, he's had to move the goalposts of the end of the world so many times. <laughs> he has to rewrite his book. Speculation, pre-existing beliefs play a major role in the interpretation of data. If scientist is really convinced that evolution is true, he will extrapolate results along the line of thinking his views are religious because he has a belief system, and vice versa for those who are already convinced that evolution is untrue. Experts in historical science have observed the conflicts between science and religion occur in historical science, not operants or not... Uh, not operational science. Unfortunately, the respect earned by the success of operational science confounds many into thinking that this conjectural claims arising from origin science carry the same authority. Yet many famous atheistic scientists, such as Sir Fred Hoyle, Sir Francis Crick, whose beliefs are discussed in next chapter, have no problem with invoking intelligence, interfering aliens who supposedly created the first life on Earth, as we shall see about origins. Well, that's in the book. I have it on Kindle. It's called Alien Intrusion UFOs. It's a good book. Let me get to the author and the, what you should know. Bait, Gary Bates. Alien intrusion, UFOs, and the evolution connection. See, every time I hear of this disclosure movement, it, it sort of creates a buzz every so often, and then it dies away. That bothers me. One of these days, they're going to come out with something. I know it. You'll be listening to Enlightenment Radio, because only here will you hear the truth and I'll bust it wide open with the word. Now, I'm not going to take a break until I'm going to announce, and I'm going to read off of a beautiful graphic. Ravi and I have been discussing the need for a... Well, let me get my graphics. We've been discussing a need for basic biblical principles taught so that you won't feel, how shall I say, like you've skipped addition and subtraction and multiplication, gone right to division and <laughs> calculus geometry. And I know that's how some people feel when they read my book. And I think it's time and we've agreed, Robbie and I, we're going to do a basic Bible teaching 101. Why not? 
we I'm going to go to his uh, graphic here. Let's see which one it is. No, it's not that one. Beautiful graphics. Well, I thought I saw it. Oh, experiment. Okay, well, anyway, one of his graphics has illustrated that we have a need to go down and learn the basic scriptures. And I can explain it. I don't need a graphic, but it's a good graphic. It's, you need to learn, number one, that it is, the Bible is truly God's word. You've got to get rid of false belief systems, uninstall false belief systems, and reinstall belief systems that is our creator wants us to know. And how does he communicate to us? He doesn't communicate to us in many ways, but word is the main way. We understand communication. Let me bring this down. Hey, Ravi, email me your basic teaching or do it by, you can do it through the old portal. Do it through the portal so they can all see it. Would you do that? Put the graphic you had of our new school training system. It's going to be audible. You won't have to read. We'll have a syllabus associated with it. We'll have lessons, basic scriptures. How did we get the word? How should we rightly divide the word? How should we believe how to get born again? The basics, 101. Uh, Billy Graham wrote a book, How to Get Born Again. He wrote the whole book without including Romans 10, 9, and 10. How do you do that? I know it's in one of my Facebook. There it is. There it is. I got it. How to understand the Bible. Beautiful graphic. Bible class coming soon. Learn the basics of the Bible. Discover how to live God's power. Join a community of believers. Start your journey with God. Join the class and learn how to understand the Bible and live in power. That's the key. Why should we read or understand or believe the Bible because it will separate you from the powerless, lifeless, and clueless numbskulls out there in the world who have no clue or don't care where we came from, how we got here, what our purpose in life is, what significance you have in God's eyes, how he loves you and how he sees you as his masterpiece. Once you're born again, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Who taught you that? No one. So these basic principles and teachings will be included in this probably a seminar-style pre-recording class atmosphere, and it should be able to cram it or put it all in one weekend so you won't be left week after week waiting for the next session. These sessions must be understood in light of the previous session that builds to the next session, and it all makes sense and it will all fit for you. That's coming very soon. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Enlightenment Radio. Tonight, we have gone over something different. I 
hope you appreciate it because I believe the adversary will have something up his sleeve to explain this massive amount of missing people. God bless you. God bless you one and all. I love you, and I really do appreciate you listening to Enlightenment Radio. Here's a song we're going out on called Kingdom Come, because it's coming. Thank you. 